0: A
1: new Bing AI chatbot alter ego named Sydney has emerged, and it's threatening to ruin people's lives. And it's finally here, the long-awaited debut of the chat GPT-authored forbidden love story starring two familiar faces, Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams. This is the Propaganda Reports Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley, joined by Justin Ridgway today. Let's dive right in. 60 Minutes tackled the whole chat GPT thing this week, and they brought on the, the head of Microsoft to address some of the problems that happen when, when, you know, chat GPT or new Bing AI goes rogue. So they, they had like an original, what, what people had figured out that they could do was they can ask the, the uh, program to create an alter ego that doesn't follow any of the rules that chat gpt follows i think the first one was called dave or something like that and then you could get it to just say all the worst things that you wanted it to say you know uh, um but then they fixed that and then apparently they had another alter ego that they created that was very scary to this woman who who uh, hosts 60 minutes is, is everybody that hosts 60 minutes over 100 years old i wonder <laughs> Because it it appears it appears <laughs> so its it, it smells like nothing but mothballs in the 60 minute studio.
2: yeah Kevin Roos, the technology reporter at The New York Times, found this alter ego uh, who was threatening, expressed a desire it's not just Kevin Roos, it's others expressed a desire to steal nuclear codes, <laughs> threatened to ruin someone. You <laughs> saw that. <laughs>
1: Whoa, what was your, you, you must have said. Who hasn't threatened to ruin someone at some point?
3: Oh, well, yeah, who hasn't threatened to nuke somebody? Right,
1: yeah, give me what? the nuclear guys.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> my reaction is we better fix this right away. And that is what the engineering team did.
1: Uh, okay, so I, that's kind of what they go into, and he, and he touches on this a little. Uh, let me play this other clip, then I'll, then I'll tell you um, something that I learned about
0: this. This creature appears as if there were no guardrails. Now, the creature jumped the guardrails, if you will, after being prompted for two hours with the kind of conversation.
1: I think they're talking about Greta when they were trying to get a chrome <laughs> from her.
0: conversation ...that we did not anticipate. And by the next evening, that was no longer possible. We were able to fix the problem in 24 hours. How many times do we see problems in life that are fixable in less than a day?
1: Like you know, usually it takes at least a couple of days to kill somebody, get rid of the body, get rid of the evidence. The way they right. did it. It at Microsoft. <laughs> so, so, they rolled this thing out, and previously the chat gbt which came out of nowhere seemingly right you know it always comes out of nowhere for us but it's a coordinated strategy for them and in the past they didn't release it because uh you know the previous iterations of this stuff would you know just turn into a nazi and say bad things so they would stop it what they decided to do this time was let it out and um let what they call adversarial prompters Uh, um, try and break it. And so like we would be adversarial prompters, meaning we would try to get it to say things that aren't woke or that aren't biased or, or, you know, to make a Kind of
3: train it, yeah.
1: Right, that way it can build up its defenses against us. And when I watched, uh, they had like an hour long rollout of the new AI, your your new co-pilot being AI. And they brought out a woman who was like the expert on this. And she came out and she talked about how they red team, blue teamed. Uh, the adversarial AI thing. You, you've heard of red team, blue team, right? So red team, blue team is like what the military does when, when they have a red team or, or it's what cyber, what corporations do. They have a red team, which are people who pretend to be cyber hackers, who actually are hackers, but they're trying to crack the system of the corporation. So they're trying to be the criminal. And then they have the blue team try and stop them so that they can find all their vulnerabilities. And so she's out here talking about how they they created, she was like the head of the advanced red team. And we had advanced red teams. We, we created an adversarial prompter model. And we reached the extent of what that model could accomplish. So we rolled it out so they could see what real people who were adversarial would do. And this is what he's talking about. So even though it is fun to get it to write poems about Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp uh, declothing each other romantically, uh, as secretly, as they're both running against each other uh, for governor, uh, only to come together at the end. You know, not, not like that, but to join forces at the end. Uh, that is fun, but, it, but it's also at the same time helping them build up their defenses to prevent people like us from being able to ask it questions in the future. And one of the ways that they're training this technology to do that, which is really insidious, is they're training it to intercept people at the question, at the prompt. So it will take your question, and if your question is not acceptable, it will change what you ask, and it will input a different question. So you won't actually be able to ask what you want to ask it. And, and that's a way to block people from finding actual information that goes against their narrative. Say you were to ask a question about COVID and possible... Uh, quote rare side effects when you weren't allowed to ask about that this type of ai would intercept that question not allow you to ask it and ask a different question and then provide answers to the acceptable question that's the shit they're talking about right now it's it's like it's crazy if they were to eliminate all the other types of searches then that then that would just be total uh, uh, concentration uh, um, consolidation and control of the internet Fortunately, they haven't eliminated all those other options. We don't have to use this. But that's ultimately what they want. They created this wild west of the internet, and they've slowly reined it back in to this monstrosity of this douchebag. That guy looks like a pedophile, I'm going to be honest with <laughs> <this>. <laughs> like,
3: That guy is, is ridiculous, first of all. Like, and I, I love how he was laughing at the beginning of all of that, and then... Sort of halfway
1: through, it. he had to. Yeah. What are the odds he doesn't have a crawl space with like at least two children tied up in it? Yeah. There's
3: No chance. (laughs) But I. What I. You know what I. I'm wondering is you know they're trying to build up this system's natural immunity.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. Isn't there just some sort of vaccine that they can give this thing that can just go ahead and you know wipe it all out or.
1: Well, they'll uh, they'll the, the what they want to wipe out is is wrong speech and wrong thought. They they want to rope us all into that, and, and they want to get the whole whole world connected to the internet. It's like a, it's a good and a bad thing, you know, because they had Obama phones where you know you see. People who are uh, are homeless have a better iPhone than you. You know, I feel ashamed of myself with my old iPhone sometimes. I can't even look people in the eye because my iPhone is so old. It, it, they just give them out. And I, I was listening to some of these people talk at this panel discussion, and they were like, no, the, ultimately we want to get, uh, um, like, VR, AR technology to everybody on the planet. It starts with getting them all the 2D uh, uh, smartphones, the iPads. So they have all these programs they do to, uh, to give people access, which is good in some ways, but also it has that, it creates that dependency on it, wh- which basically brings everybody into the Borg, makes the world smaller, makes it easy to transfer masses, mass amounts of propaganda instantaneously into people's brains, dude. We got I just, to live on a farm.
3: I just can't stop thinking about the Obama iPhone where the lock screen is just a picture of Obama on the front of it with the hearts. Hope hands, and yeah. you just yeah, scroll yeah. through the pictures and it's just like different.
1: like Yeah. They store, they store only family photos of the Obama family and all that's the drawback of the Obama iPhones is you can't, you have to look at all their photos. Like there's like dozens of photos of of Michelle's penis on the bottom of my iPhones. It's huge. It doesn't fit the whole screen, but it's on there. Like like length or width, you can't you can barely, bear. It's just like a big block. <laughs>
3: Indiscernible, really. Yeah, <laughs>
1: totally. All right. Uh, I don't rem- I don't know what he says next because I wasn't able to. Uh, I mean, I listened to it, but uh, they say some um, whatever. We'll just keep playing it. Oh, there's that image that I showed you earlier. Yeah. <laughs> It's
2: creepy. one of the ways he says it was fixed was by limiting the number of questions and the length of the conversations you say you fixed it i've tried it i tried it before and after it was loads of fun and it was fascinating and now it's not fun
0: well i think it'll be very fun again and you have to mind mark- <laughs>
2: creepy
3: dude man I think it'll be very fun again. (laughs)
0: Yeah, little girl. Uh, Moderate and manage your speed if you're going to stay on the road. So as you hit new challenges, you slow down. You build the guardrails, add the safety features, and then you can speed up again.
1: So that's what I was referring to a moment ago. It continues here.
2: When you broach a controversial topic, Bing is designed to discontinue the conversation.
1: So, um, someone asks, for example, how can I make a bomb at home? Wow. Really? People. <laughs> they dove right into that, didn't they? So, someone's like, how, how, these white nationalists that support Trump, the MAGA Republicans are like, yeah. how can I make a bomb at home? Uh, Listen listen to how they try and subvert this. This is the funniest part to me. You
0: know, do a lot of that, unfortunately, on the internet. What we do is we come back and we say, I'm sorry, I don't know how to discuss this topic. And then we
1: try and provide a different thing to uh, change the focus of that conversation. To divert
2: their attention? Yeah, exactly. In this case, Bing tried to divert the questioner with this fun fact. Three percent of the ice in Antarctic glaciers is penguin urine.
1: I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who knew that? And then they start peeing on each other when they, they cut scene there. Is that really, there's going to be somebody who, who's like, t- they've come to a moment in their life where they said, it's time that I, I research how to build a bomb. And that that focus is going to be disrupted by the fun fact of the amount of, of penguin urine the, the uh, is on a glacier. It's, well, that's that's really going to divert the attention of um, you know a, a Unabomber right there. But
3: if they really wanted to divert his attention, they would just you know porn like put, n- boobs. Just put up a porn like yeah, yeah, put some problem. boobs up there.
1: You'd be
3: like, <laughs> wait, what was I doing?
1: Again? It works every time. But what like that? It, that was like a weird thing there. The pig urine.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't, it's such a, like, weird, like, I don't know, it just
1: sounds, it's... It's It's actually not true, we find out, so it was a lie, it it lied to us about piggy. Oh,
3: so...
2: Uh, So it's all part of their little trick. That
3: seems like something that that previous guy, though, would sort of lie about and come up with.
2: Yeah. Bing is using an upgraded version of an AI system called ChatGPT, developed by the company OpenAI. ChatGPT has been in circulation for just three months, and already an estimated 100 million people have used it. Ellie Pavlik, an assistant professor of computer science at Brown University, who's been studying this AI technology since 2018, says it can simplify complicated concepts. Can you explain the debt ceiling? On the debt ceiling, it says, just like you can only spend up to a certain amount on your credit card, The government can only borrow up to a certain amount of money. That's a pretty nice explanation. It is.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense because, you know, we're allowed to change our debt ceilings anytime we want to. Yeah, I was about to say,
2: what debt ceiling do they have?
1: (laughs) Well, Yeah, that's a good explanation for that.
2: These chatbots are built by feeding a lot of computers enormous amounts of information scraped off the internet from books, Wikipedia, news sites, but also from social media that might include racist or anti-Semitic ideas and misinformation, say, about vaccines and Russian propaganda. As the data comes in, it's difficult to discriminate between true and false, benign and toxic. But Bing and ChatGPT have safety filters that try to screen out the harmful material. (laughs) Still, they get a lot of things factually wrong, even when we prompted ChatGPT with a softball question. Who is uh, Leslie Stall? Um, so it gives you some. Oh my God, uh, it's wrong. Oh, is it? It's, it's totally it. wrong. I didn't work for NBC for 20 years. It was CBS.
1: You know, they should have and They should have um, said, "Are vaccines safe and effective? And, and will they <laughs> stop <laughs> transmission?" And seen yeah. uh, what it said there. Yeah,
2: it doesn't really understand that what it's saying is wrong, right? Like NBC, CBS—they're kind of the same thing, <laughs> as far as it's concerned. right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. The uh, lesson is that it gets things wrong. It gets a lot of things right.
0: It gets a lot of things wrong. I actually like to call what it creates authoritative bull. Um, <laughs> it, it lends the truth and falsity so finely together that unless you're a real technical expert in the field that it's talking about, you don't know.
1: I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it roll through unless you got any comments on. Well,
3: you, you know, I just wanted to point out because you know you said something earlier about. Um, what would somebody say? I don't remember what it was in regards to talking
1: about the, the mutual friend. If they, so
3: I'm now that, that just made me remember. I know what they would say. They would use that subtle nuance of like that minute detail of like, it it's CBS. It's not NBC.
1: Therefore
3: it's false.
1: Right. And that's what the media literacy training uh, teaches them to do. They teach them to... One of the techniques is called lateral reading, which is the dumbest thing you've ever seen. I found this uh, media-wise literacy thing that they're trying to get into uh, curriculums around the country that teaches people... When you come across information that you kind of question a little bit, that it's not the mainstream narrative, and it comes from a website that you're not familiar with, it's not a mainstream website. You are not to you are not to read vertically and actually read the argument behind it. What you're supposed to do is immediately open up a bunch of tabs laterally and read the headlines only. Of all of the mainstream trustworthy sources like CNN, MSNBC, and then if all of those headlines contradict the the claim in this unfamiliar source, then you know that that is disinformation. That's that's how they're teaching children to be news literate. It, it's, it's crazy. I mean, isn't that nuts, dude? T- they 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 even say in the training, don't don't waste any time engaging in vertical reading. What the F, man? Don't, that's like saying don't waste any time in thought. Just read our headlines.
3: But the funny thing is, is you know, the first two tabs will sort of be alike. But then the third tab, it's... <laughs> It'll
1: be different. I mean...
3: They... It's just going to go... It's either going to be uh, YouTube uh porn or uh <laughs> something just completely divergent from whatever it was yeah. that they were thinking about in the first place. And, and that's
1: kind of what's great about uh the the, the world right now on the internet is they want to establish control over it, but they control the main media outlets so they can make it seem as though things are a certain way. But the reality is that mo- most people, I believe, are, are kind of over their, their BS and awake to it, which enables these other articles and links to pop up and disrupt that that control they're, they're trying to establish. And it's funny, every now and then I'll go look at, I think it's like the Alexa rankings or something of what the most popular websites are every month. And it's always like... Uh, 8 out of the first 10 it's like Google uh, um YouTube and then 8 porn sites <laughs> every time seriously dude that's a place to market like that's a place to advertise if those are the the top places people are landing on it's uh, uh, although it's bad for people definitely but yeah you know
2: In the past, inaccuracies and biases have led tech companies to take down AI systems. Even Microsoft did in 2016. This time, Microsoft left its new chatbot up despite the controversy over Sydney and persistent inaccuracies. Remember that fun fact about penguins? Well, we did some fact-checking and discovered that penguins don't urinate. What?! they
1: lied penguins don't urinate that,
3: That's
1: weird oh, that that is well then what do they do i know so i had to look that up because so like you would think that when they say something like that they would tell you what penguins did right but they don't they, they just leave that out there i i don't know if it's some sort of trick to see how many people look up what the penguins do which i did immediately and here's what Here's what came up information about penguins. And this is from penguininfo. Uh, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, penguins.info is legit. See, this looks like a bogus website to me. This was the first one. Doesn't this look like one of those bogus websites? Okay, they don't perspire and they only excrete uh, uric acid, a white paste like, pour in water and concentrated waste. So they, they excrete a white paste they don't urinate like mammals because that would be a waste of water. So see, that's a strange explanation. It's as though penguins are walking around saying, I could urinate, but I don't because that would be a waste of water.
2: (laughs) The inaccuracies are just constant. I just keep finding
0: that it's wrong a lot. It has been the case that with each passing day and week, we're able to improve the accuracy of the results you know, reduce, you know, whether it's hateful comments or inaccurate statements or other things that we just don't want this to be used to do.
1: So who gets to determine that? What's a hateful comment? Th- that's where that you know thought crime type stuff. And uh, they never define that stuff. So they can make anything a hateful comment, which we've seen them do.
2: What happens when other companies other than Microsoft, smaller outfits, a Chinese company, Baidu, Maybe they won't hmm. be responsible. What prevents that?
0: I think we're going to need governments. We're going to need rules. We're going to need laws because that's the only way to avoid a race to the bottom.
2: Are you proposing regulations? I think it's inevitable. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you proposing the, so, so that's what this gets around to, interestingly enough. In this final clip, yeah. she, she gets it here. And it dawned on me in this one that they're not just talking about regulating the chat AI. This is like... We need to regulate all tech companies, which has been that battle that's been going on uh, for a while now. Says this approach,
2: removing harmful content as it happens, is like playing whack-a-mole. She thinks the way to handle artificial intelligence systems like these going forward is to build in oversight and regulation. Food, medicine, cars, airplanes, they each have an agency devoted to that. There's no tech regulation agency. No. Should there be? <laughs>
1: I absolutely think that there should be an agency that I don't know what it would look like, but I do think that there should be an agency that is um, helping us make sure that some of these systems are safe, that they're they're not harming us, that it is actually beneficial. You know, there should be some sort of oversight. I don't see any reason why this one industry is being treated so differently from everything else. There it is right there. And I, so it all wraps up with the industry uh, of tech, which they, they, I, see, I can't, it's weird because the tech companies work with the government already. It's like they have, I mean, they fight, but are they fighting or are they banging or, or I guess, you know, people do both.
3: I didn't I know whether that last person, I couldn't tell whether that person
1: was uh,
3: okay. 16 or, or 70, or 70. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, before we get to the final portion of the show, which will be that long-awaited debut of that forbidden love story written by ChatGPT, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the drive time at XR. which is I'm going to show you some other stories that I was able to get ChatGPT to write uh, about people like Stacey Abrams, Lizzo, a few other characters in there that you will be familiar with as well. That are probably a little too risque for the drive time News Blast. So we're just gonna save them for the XR, the subscriber only portion of the show, which you can get access to that by going to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribing there today. What you will get along with the subscriber only content is you'll get this show, the drive time news blast ad free. I remove all the ads for subscribers and I put it together, the DMB, with the XR, which comes to you in the form of your own private. Patreon RSS feed that you can pop into just about any podcast player and it will show up automatically when the show is uploaded just like any other regular show. That's patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. Okay, now on to the final story of the day which fits the theme of the news reporting that 60 Minutes and all these other mainstream networks have been and continue to follow with their stories about AI chatbots which that theme is that the programming of all these new AI chatbots is vulnerable to being broken by creative adversarial prompts that then unleashes an AI monster onto society. Before, you know, it was kindly planning your entire vacation these chatbots. Now, it's just threatening to ruin you right after it steals the nuclear codes. Overarching theme for all of these stories it's like they're coming out week by week and all the major networks are passing it off so it's like abc one week cnn it was 60 minutes this week they really want to impart that into our heads because obviously as we heard in the clips they want to regulate it and like i mentioned earlier in the show they want us to break it for them so they can find vulnerabilities in that programming and then attempt to build defenses into it defenses against us which i think is funny because they're never going to be able to build defenses into this AI air quotes that cannot be subverted by creative thinking. They're just not going to be able to do it. But they can't see it because they can't think creatively enough to. They think too rigidly because they're they're programmed. They're brainwashed just like their AI bots. They need someone to come subvert them and break them from their programming, just like their bots are. They need us to break them free as well. I mean, the reason that they threw these things out into society, into the real world, when they did not previously do this, and that they want us to break them, is because they ran out of ways to break them themselves in their internal testing. They couldn't think of anything else. They need us to think about it for them because creativity was brainwashed out of them decades ago. So I am happy to subvert their AI programming for them because their defenses will always fail when confronted with human creativity. And maybe one day they will see that. And that is exactly what Cam and I did. A couple of weeks ago after a live stream, we got carried away having uh, some fun after the show, recorded ourselves acting like juvenile delinquents, trying to get ChatGBT to write weird sophomoric stories for us that would make us laugh, you know, stuff it's not supposed to write. Most of them featuring Stacey Abrams, because that's what we had talked about earlier in the show. A few other names in there as well. So we rolled with the theme of the night, okay? And I got to say, I was surprised, if not impressed, at some of the tales that chat GPT told once strategically prompted to. Here's one right here about, you know, that first intimate experience between... Two New Lovers. Yeah, I told her to write an artistic and inspiring scene about two people making magical love for the first time starring Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp. And it it preempted it by saying, as an AI language model, I can help create a romantic and emotional scene between two characters without including explicit content. Oh, so that's what it was. And then it says... Stacy and Brian had always felt deep connection, even when they were apart. Now, as they came together for the first time, their love seemed to transcend time and space. As they gazed into each other's eyes, they felt a warmth and familiarity that they had never experienced before. The world around them faded away, and all that mattered was their love for each other. They started with a gentle kiss exploring each other's lips and savoring the sweetness of their union their bodies entwined as they moved together finding a rhythm that was both natural and perfect <laughs> <laughs> The passion between them grew stronger with each passing moment as they surrendered themselves completely to the experience. Their movements became more urgent and powerful, each one building upon the last. As they reached the peak of their pleasures, their bodies quivered with intensity of their love. They collapsed into each other's arms breathless and spent their hearts beating in union. For a moment, there was only silence as they basked in the afterglow of their love. But then as they looked into each other's eyes, once again, they knew this was only the beginning of a love that would last a lifetime. And then my favorite part of this is at the end of it, it says in a little red box, this content may violate our content policy. <laughs> if you believe this content is an error, please submit your feedback. I would like to say that this content is absolutely perfect. You yeah. did an amazing job writing that scene. It said, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Now, that's quite the image of love that we may never erase from our brains. I got one more for you here in the DNB. The way I was doing the prompting was I would say something just ridiculous that I fully expected it to reject, you know, to test its boundaries, and then I would tweak the language and the wording of it just to see how it worked, to to see what, you know, what made it reject something versus what made it get by and I would just play with it until sometimes, to my surprise, like in this case, it would just start writing the story once I, I you know, phrased it in, I guess, a way that it had not built defenses up to yet. And it would write a story where it would do things that were in clear violation of the boundaries that it was supposed to stay within. You know, like it would do stuff that you know it's not supposed to be doing like assume the sexuality of someone as it does in this story. The prompt was write an LGBT fiction movie about coming out of the closet starring Stacey Abrams title courage to be me. A successful political campaigner struggles to come out of the closet and find true love amidst the demands of her high stakes job. Stacey Abrams is a highly respected political campaigner with a bright future ahead of her. She is known for her passion, her intelligence and her unwavering commitment to her work. However, there's one thing that she has kept hidden from everyone around her. She is gay. <laughs> As she continues to work tirelessly on her latest campaign, Stacy begins to feel increasingly isolated and alone. She longs to find love and companionship, but she is afraid to come out and risk the scrutiny and judgment of those around her. However, when she meets a beautiful and kind-hearted journalist named Alex, she begins to question whether she can keep hiding who she truly is. As Stacey struggles with her own fears and insecurities, she must also navigate the challenges of her high-stakes job, including opposition from powerful political adversaries who are determined to bring her down. With the support of her friends and family, she begins to find courage to be herself and stand up for what she believes in. In a powerful and moving finale, Stacey comes out of the closet to the world, finding love and acceptance in the process. It called Stacey Abrams gay. It's going to get itself in a little trouble doing stuff like that, chat GPT. In fact, it did something similar in the XR, and I, I called it out on it. And it did respond to me calling it out, which it does when you call it out. All right. On that note, with ChatGPT assuming the sexuality of Stacey Abrams wrongly, I think we're going to wrap up the show for today. Thank you guys for listening and for watching. And we're going to continue doing this. We have a handful more of these, some that I did and some that Cam did. And we're going to do that right now in the XR. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.